You're listening to the Homebody Podcast with Anna, the Anxiety Coach, counselor, coach, author, and anxiety specialist. Here, we talk all things real and raw when it comes to the human experience and the challenges that we may face throughout the journey of life. Open the metaphorical door to expanding your mind and reconnecting with your body and get ready for the actionable and effective steps that will guide you to coming home to your body. Let's dive into the show. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Home Body Podcast. Today's discussion is one that holds profound importance in our lives, dealing with anxiety and grief. Now, this comes from a community member's question about tips for dealing with anxiety and grief. Now, in the midst of life's challenges, it's really crucial to recognize the impact of these emotions on our mental health and well-being, on our relationships and the work that we do in the world. So today's episode, we're going to be diving into the depths of anxiety and grief and exploring their nuances, understanding their interconnected nature, and most importantly, providing you with practical strategies for resilience. I understand that these topics can be really difficult to navigate, but by addressing them openly, we hope to offer support and guidance to anyone grappling with these emotions. In times of uncertainty and difficulty, conversations around mental health become so essential to us. Anxiety and grief are universal experiences. And when we acknowledge them, that is the first step towards healing. So my goal today is to equip you with tangible tools and insights that can make a meaningful difference in your journey towards resilience. Whether you are personally dealing with these emotions or you know someone who is, stick around. We're here to foster a sense of community and provide valuable resources. So let's embark on this exploration of navigating anxiety and grief strategies for resilience together. In this first part, I really want to lay the foundation by understanding the core aspects of anxiety and grief. So let's define anxiety, which is often described as a feeling of unease or apprehension, which is a really natural response to stress. Now, anxiety is a physiological response, meaning that it is a whole body response to when our body and mind senses that there is something dangerous or threatening in our environment or even internally. So what I mean internally is that, for example, if you are dehydrated, this can set off alarm bells in our body. It increases our heart rate and blood pressure, and this can lead to feelings of anxiety as well. So we can manifest this as worry, fear, or even physical symptoms like we just talked about that increased heart rate and also things like restlessness. Now, on the other hand, grief is the process of dealing with loss, a concept that is often associated with the challenging period following the death of a loved one. But I want to challenge that and also invite a broader understanding of grief that can really manifest in response to any event that disturbs or questions our sense of normalcy or identity. And this encompasses the loss of connections that shape and define who we are. So that can be relationships, jobs, pets, anything in our life that changes the way in which we relate to the world around us and relate to ourselves. Both anxiety and grief are emotions that are intrinsic to the human condition. They are human nature to experience these different states. Anxiety is a survival mechanism alerting us to potential threats, while grief is a testament to our depth of connection and attachments. 
Both play a really essential role in our emotional landscape as human beings. And when we begin to actually acknowledge them and recognize them as natural aspects of the human experience, we can start to understand and manage them a lot more easily. Let's now delve into the intricate relationship between anxiety and grief, understanding how they can coexist and influence one another. So there's this complex interplay and dance that happens between anxiety and grief, and they often intertwine, creating a complex emotional landscape. So for someone experiencing grief, anxiety may arise as a response to the uncertainty and fear associated with loss. On the flip side, anxiety can really heighten the emotional intensity of grief, making the grieving process more challenging. This interplay between anxiety and grief doesn't just take a significant toll on our emotional well-being, but also on our physical health. The emotional weight of grief combined with persistent worry of anxiety can lead to heightened stress levels and cortisol levels. The stress, if prolonged, may contribute to various physical symptoms, including fatigue, headaches, and even exacerbation of pre-existing health conditions, which is why I want to arm you with some really practical strategies for managing both anxiety and grief. Let's look at the strategies now for anxiety in particular that we can use. The first resource that I want to share with you is a resource that's portable, accessible, and very, very easy to do no matter where you are. And it is all about engaging your large muscles. Now, the reason why we want to engage our large muscle groups is because when we are in a state or heightened state of anxiety, our body is preparing us physiologically to combat or run away from whatever the danger or threat may be. Now, this engagement of our large muscles happens inherently. And what happens is we pump all this blood and adrenaline into those muscle groups so that we have faster twitch fibers, so that we can run really fast or that we are stronger than we would normally be. What happens is when we don't utilize that energy, when we are feeling anxious, is that our muscles stay engaged. And especially if we have chronic anxiety or stress in our life, then this chronic engagement of our muscles is not being discharged and we're not actually utilizing that energy in a way that allows our body to come back to that relaxed state. So for this exercise, you want to be sitting in a chair with your legs uncrossed with your feet on the ground. So obviously, if you are driving or you are currently doing something, then maybe come back and visit this when you are at home so that you can follow along with me. So now that you are sitting uncrossed with your feet on the ground, I just want you to check in with your experience and pay attention to how in your body you feel. So do you notice where you're touching the chair? Do you feel more up in your head, like you can't stop your thoughts from spiraling? Just noticing what your experience is right now. Now push your feet into the ground and notice any difference. Next, bring your hands to outside of your thighs and push your hands in as you push your thighs out. Again, you just want to track any shifts in your energy or experience. And finally, bring your hands to the inside of your thighs, just above your knees, and push your hands out as you push your legs in, creating that tension of push and pull. Once again, tracking any shifts that you notice within your body as you do this. 
Engaging your large muscles can help shift your focus and energy down by releasing that pent-up fight energy or flight energy and allowing your muscles to kind of reduce the lactic acid buildup and understand that it's okay for them to relax. And in doing so, we slow and quiet our racing thoughts as well. Now, these exercises, especially the first two steps, can be done during stressful situations or any time that you are feeling somewhat out of your body. Exercise number two that I wanted to share with you is my favorite thing to do, and that is heel drops. Now, this is a very grounding and releasing exercise. So we are using, again, that kind of energy that we have stored in our body when we don't discharge the fight or flight energy. But it also really brings us back into the here and now and helps us feel the physiological changes that are happening. It helps us connect with our body on that next level. So I want you to begin by standing and just allowing your eyes to defocus so you're not really looking at anything. Now, again, if you are driving or you are doing something that requires your attention, probably not a good idea to defocus right now and just come back and visit this when you have a moment. Now that you're standing nice and still, your eyes are defocused, you can close them if that feels safe for you. You're just gonna race slowly up onto your toes and then just allow yourself to drop back down to your heels. So you are going up rhythmically onto your toes and then dropping down onto your heels. Keep doing this at a slow rhythm. Imagining that your entire weight drops down all at once through your heels, making a nice soft thudding sound. Bring your attention to the effect that it has on your hips and your lower back. Maybe it feels as though it loosens them up. Just try to relax as you're doing this, creating that rhythmic movement of up and down, up and down, and repeat this practice for one minute. And the third exercise under the anxiety practices that I wanted to share with you is one called orienting. Now, orienting is a safety-inducing practice that allows you to physically notice the absence of danger in your space. So you can do this no matter where you are, and you are going to simply look around your room with your eyes open and allow your gaze to lead your head and body. So moving your eyes and then allowing your head to follow and allowing your shoulders to follow, turning your whole body as you look around your room. Do this very slowly and gently, allowing your eyes to lead you all around your space, up and down, ahead and backwards, making sure that you are taking everything in that is in the room. Now stay connected to the sensations in your body and notice any cues of safety that are arising within you. Now orienting is a beautiful resource because especially when we are in the flight response, in that anxious, I've got to get out of here experience, we are really designed to hone in our eyesight to pinpoint what it is that is threatening to us. So we kind of get this tunnel vision of what is in front of us. And when we expand our vision to actually take in what is behind us, what is below us, what is above us, and what is to the sides of us, it sends this feedback from the body to the brain. Hey, there is nothing actually dangerous to us in this environment. It is okay to downregulate. And it is a very, very useful portable resource that we can utilize when we are feeling anxious, especially in that flight response. Now, some other resources that are very valuable when we are working with anxiety is having a support network. 
Establishing a robust support network is so crucial for managing anxiety. And this means that we have people that we feel safe around, that we trust, that we can share what is going on internally for us. Sometimes expressing our worries out loud can really alleviate the intensity, but it also gives us the capacity to shift our perspective and be seen by other people that have similar experiences to us. Now, I highly, highly recommend checking out the Kind Mind Club, my community of amazing human beings who are all healing, expanding and growing together for this. And it is such a welcoming space in which we have no taboos. We are able to share and support one another. But even if the club isn't the space for you, I highly recommend noticing who in your life or who are the people and what are the things that provide that sense of judgment-free safety for you so that you have somewhere that you can feel allowed to express yourself, that you are allowed to just be as you are without having to change your state constantly or show up as something other than what you are feeling in that moment. The other thing that I want to address is obviously our lifestyle factors impact the way in which our physiology functions. So it's really important that when we are addressing anxiety, we are also looking at the things that are going on around us, the actions that we are taking, the foods that we're eating, because all of these things can impact our experience of anxiety as well. So looking at the foods that you eat, making sure we move our body regularly will allow us to discharge that energy and making sure that we have really healthy sleep patterns all play a contributing role in stabilizing our mood and energy levels, making it easier for us to combat anxiety as well. So for our tips for managing anxiety, we went through three really practical exercises, engaging your large muscles, heel drops, and orienting. We also chatted about the importance of a support network as well as addressing our lifestyle factors. Now, when it comes to strategies for coping with grief, we really want to look at things that allow us to move through in this really sequential way. And what I mean by that is often when we are grieving, we try to shift the way in which we are feeling constantly. And we kind of thwart the sequential nature of our emotions that we move through naturally. So the first thing that we want to do is express our emotions. Now, I completely understand that sometimes when we are, especially when we are in the depths of experiences like grief, constantly expressing our emotions can also become overwhelming. So it's really important that we're picking the right time, we're understanding where we are, the environment, the people that we feel safe with. And if that is in fact something that we want to do is express our emotions openly. So when we are expressing our emotions, simply acknowledging and allowing them to come up in their really natural sequential way is a really, really beneficial practice when it's done in the space of safety and being held. And sometimes this is in a space of solitude, right? So using journaling art or talking with someone else can be a really, really beautiful way for us to express our emotions, giving voice to your feelings, which is a really crucial step in the healing process. Another beautiful practice is creating rituals. So rituals play an intrinsic role in humans and throughout our history. 
And the reason why we use rituals is through celebration, through grief, through honoring what we have in our life or what is to come or what has been. So we can use rituals to establish a way to honor and remember loved ones or the parts of ourselves that we feel we have lost. And this could involve creating something like a memorial or celebrating their life on special occasions or even engaging in the activities that you enjoy doing together. And this also goes for the activities that you enjoy for yourself if there is a loss of identity relearning and reconnecting and reclaiming the things that feel really good for you is an embrace of life as we know it and these ritualistic behaviors can provide a sense of continuity and connection so just explore the idea and concept of rituals in relation to what it is that you are experiencing whether your grief is related to yourself your work your relationship whether it's a loved one that you have lost and just explore how you can creatively create these rituals around you that support you to create the continuity and connection now again a really really important strategy and coping mechanism for human beings is the power of community that comes with connecting with others Humans are fundamentally social creatures. We need to have that space in which we have that resonant feeling with someone else. People that have had similar experiences to us, similar losses, and being able to be within that space and that community that really understands the unique challenges of grief really offers a profound sense of support and understanding. Now, I know for a fact that grief is a deeply personal experience and therefore it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. All of these strategies that I'm sharing with you aim to provide you a really diverse set of tools for coping and allowing you to choose what works best for you, what resonates most with you. If there is something that I have said that you don't like, don't worry about doing that thing. Allow yourself to be guided by your natural intuition and nudge. And be open to exploring, right? Just explore and try something and be okay with the fact that it may not feel the best for you. So it's all about exploring and opening yourself up to the possibility that something, an exercise, a practice, a ritual may allow for different feelings and experiences to occur within your mind and body. So now that we have these fundamental resources for supporting ourselves when we're feeling anxiety and grief, we want to look into how we can navigate the intersection of anxiety and grief and recognize that what it can feel like often when we are dealing with both anxiety and grief together is like we're walking a tightrope and the weight of grief can really amplify anxious thoughts and anxiety in turn can intensify the emotional turbulence of grief. So it's really essential to acknowledge the, the complexity of these emotions and when we start to utilize different resources, we can try to balance them out. And this really requires patience and self-compassion. So a few techniques for us to find that balance is one, we want to bring that somatic mindful awareness to our bodies. What is it that you are actually feeling within your body? How is that influencing your mind? Can you place your hand on the area of your body that is feeling a certain feeling? And when you do that, how does the feeling change? Can you make that feeling bigger? And when you make that feeling bigger, what is the action that your body is urging you to do when you listen to that feeling? 
Now this somatic mindful awareness really allows us to tune into our bodies and allows us to bring up emotions that maybe we haven't given the light of day to yet. And this is a really, really important factor because when we don't finish our stress responses, when we don't allow emotions to naturally sequence, we get them stuck within our bodies and this can cause all sorts of dysregulation within us. So creating that mindful awareness of what is actually going on within your body. Can you pinpoint that? Can you place your hands on it? Can you make it bigger? What is the nudge of action that your body is sharing with you? Another technique for finding a semblance of balance in our life is the idea of segmented processing. Now, like I said before, bringing up and expressing emotions when you are in the depths of grief and anxiety is not always ideal. And sometimes it can be detrimental to ourselves and our emotions, right? We don't want to bring up emotions when we're not feeling prepared or safe to do so. So what we can do is actually designate different times in our day to focus on emotions that are coming up for us. So when you are in a space that feels really safe or when you are with someone that feels really safe for you to process your emotions, then allow yourself to do that within that space. And this segmentation can provide a sense of control over overwhelming emotions and prevent them from becoming all consuming. So it's not throughout all of the day. And then lastly, we want to use grounding techniques that really bring us back into the here and now, the present moment. Like we did heel drops before, this is a beautiful grounding technique, but even on a simpler level, just noticing things in your environment, the sights, sounds, smells, textures around you or on you, and even just kicking off your shoes or scrunching your toes in your shoes can allow you to anchor in the present moment. We start to bring it back down and reclaim a little bit of that control when we ground ourselves in the here and now. Now, self-compassion is a really vital component of finding balance as well, because we can recognize that both anxiety and grief are really valid and real emotions. That is so okay for you to experience them. Every single person experiences them to some level throughout their life. So treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer a friend or a family member facing a similar challenge. Embracing self-compassion fosters resilience and promotes a really gentle approach to the complexities of these intertwined emotions. And now lastly, to wrap up this episode, I want to chat on self-care during periods of anxiety and grief. Now, self-care might bring up negative connotations in your mind or it might seem frivolous or something that other people do on Instagram, but self-care really isn't a luxury. It's a necessity for every single one of us. And it's especially a necessity when we are going through emotional and mental turmoil when it comes to anxiety and grief. Now, I want you to remove bubble baths and spa days from your mind just for a moment. Not that that's not self-care, but self-care fundamentally is that nurturing understanding of what you need in that moment. And this requires us to actually be in touch with our bodies and our minds to ask the question, what do I need right now? When we can drop in through that somatic mindful awareness, we can start to listen to the cues of our body. So for example, if you're in that really agitated, amped up, heightened experience of anxiety when you're in the fight or flight response, 
What your body might be saying to you is, I need to fight, I need to flee, I need to move my body in a frenetic fashion, right? So when we listen to that, we are honoring what our body needs. And this is the form of self-care that we really want to get in touch with. When we are feeling the depths of sadness and darkness that comes from grief, maybe our body is wanting to express these thoughts and feelings in a non-judgmental space. So journaling might be the way to do that as well. Or art therapy might be a really creative, expressive place for you to move through whatever it is that you are experiencing as well. Another really beautiful way to nurture yourself and offer self-care is to spend time in nature. So the healing power of being outdoors is so profound, whether it's a walk in the park or a hike or just sitting by a body of water. Nature has a really beautiful way of soothing our soul and providing perspective to us as well. So now as we wrap up this episode on navigating anxiety and grief, I really invite you to share your own experiences with anxiety and grief. Maybe you have a question, maybe you have a specific challenge that you want to chat about. Your stories can be a source of inspiration and connection for others who may be on a similar journey. So feel free to reach out to me via Instagram at Anna the Anxiety Coach, or you can send me an email at support at AnnaTheAnxietyCoach.com. And your engagement adds such a depth and richness to this space, to this podcast, to the community, and really allows this shared understanding and resonance to occur. So I really appreciate you. I really appreciate where you are right now and reach out if you need support as well. So I hope that you have found this episode grounding and supportive to you. And if you have enjoyed this episode, then please leave a rating and review wherever you are listening from. This really helps me reach more people like you who are in need of support. And that beautiful ripple effect is something that allows us to touch every single human on this planet. So thank you so much for being a part of that movement. And I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.